There is a text in 1 John chapter 3 and verse 8 records words along these lines. For this purpose was the Son of God manifested that he might destroy the works of the devil. Everybody cross that word destroy out of your Bible because it's a poor translation. It actually means to raise, which means to tear down, to annihilate, to cause to cease to be as though it never existed, the works of hell. That's what we've come here tonight to do. We've come to raise hell from the heartland. We're here to lift up our voice like a trumpet and let America and the world know we believe there's enough of God left in America to make America worth fighting for. And we're tired of playing church and we're ready to take our nation back in the name of Jesus Christ from the God haters. Are you ready? I cannot be silent any longer. Our times demand it. Our history compels it. And our future requires it. But although our time demands it and our present situation and our history compel it and our future require it. I, I'm not going to talk tonight because of that. I'm going to talk for another reason and here it is. Everybody point your finger heavenward and say this, God is watching. I cannot stand here and do my own thing. As Samuel of old, I am required of the Holy Spirit not to do what I fear has pervaded the atmosphere of church in America as usual, and that is that success is equated to nothing more than the ability to gather a crowd. I have to stand here and say what he said to say, to whom he said to say it, when he said to say it, and how he declared that it be said. God has a word for us tonight. And I believe that it comes directly out of the pages of Holy Writ. And I believe that you want to raise your voice up with mine and declare, I can be silent no more. You see, every person is born for a specific purpose. If you look at our history, Washington was given birth to so that he could found a great nation. Abraham Lincoln was given birth to, not so that his family could have another child, but rather so that America, a divided nation, could be reunited and the scourge of slavery forever vanquished from our shores. Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. was born, not so that his family could have another boy, but rather so that a voice could be lifted up as John the Baptist, as one crying in the wilderness and declaring, not just from Capitol Hill in Washington, D.C., but from Stone Mountain in Georgia, let freedom ring. Jesus said some very, very interesting words. Here's what he declared. To this end was I born. No, no, you missed that. No, no, no. To this end was I born. In other words, there was something finished that he had to begin. Yeah. And for this cause, K 
came I into the earth that I might bear witness of the truth. Esther was raised up, your Bible says, that she came to the kingdom for such a time as this. Slap somebody a high five and tell them, now he's talking about me. <laughs> Jeremiah, the word of God declares, before I formed you in your mother's womb, I knew you. Uh, you missed a good place to shout. I said, before I formed you in your mother's womb, I knew you, and I sanctified you, and I ordained you, watch this, not to be a prophet to the church, but to be a prophet to the nation. Slap somebody at a high five and say, nations are at stake. Let me rehearse for you the reason why you're really here. And because contrary to popular belief, you're not here because you answered an advertisement or you uh, came to a conclusion or you uh, derived uh, from some direction. You are here rather and your purpose in being here goes all the way back. Back before your parents ever pondered matrimony. Back before your grandmother and grandfather ever had a gleam in their eye. Way back to the very origin of purpose and the meaning of life itself. Now, I just said a whole lot. I'm telling you that your purpose in being here existed long before the first solar systems were sent spinning and singing into prehistoric space. I feel destiny rising up here in this room right now. Uh, your purpose in being here goes long back before the first oxygen and hydrogen met together and made the first molecule of water. I need you to understand that your purpose in being here goes way, way back. Slap somebody a high five and say back. Back before the coupling, back before the coupling of the first seed and egg in the condition we commonly refer to as conception. A completely different kind of conception occurred in the mind and heart of a limitless creator, which then had its conclusion within the limits and boundaries of time and space. Watch me, in the manifestation of his purpose reflected sitting here tonight in the person you call you. somebody and tell them I'm here for a reason. Everybody look at these black and white shirts and shout the first word on them. You see, you were born. Now you don't understand what I'm talking about, but you'll catch up. You were born. The word carries with it the very connotation of hope and purpose. The very connotation of hope and promise. In fact, the hope of every person born into the earth is that they reflect the reason for which they were raised up. And when the creation encounters the creator, and when the person perceives the purpose, and when the man meets the moment, then the promise becomes a present-day reality. Now, some folk, like Jeremiah, are born bearing their purpose, while other folks, like Esther, have their purpose prevailed upon them, while others, like the apostle Paul, 
embrace their purpose in an epiphany while other folk county folk like me just fulfill their purpose through a series of seemingly insignificant events that eventually lead them to their passionate pursuit I I got to say it again you were born somebody shout I was born yeah but we can't leave that statement on its own any more than we can breathe in without breathing out because you were born too now that signifies some forward movement. Touch somebody and tell them we're going somewhere. I said that signifies forward movement. Because man is not a mineral with no motive. Man is not a vegetable with no vision. Man was made to move. You, you were born too. The first two letters in the word toward. As in toward a goal, toward an expectation, toward a destination, toward a divine purpose. Now, the, the, the word to, T-O, it, it has a homonym. Touch somebody and say, that's a big word. He ha it has a homonym, the word to. It's on that shirt, too. It's the word, it's the, it's the number two. No, not the word T-O, but the number two. As in, watch me, twice as many as one. Touch somebody and tell them, come on. As in twice as many as one. In fact, your Bible in the book of Proverbs says two are better than one. Because two can be arrived at by simple addition. One plus one equals, one plus one equals two. But we're not here in the natural sense. We're here in the biblical and the spiritual sense. And here in this kingdom, the implication is not that of addition, but rather that of multiplication. Because your Bible says in Matthew 18, 19, if any two of you on earth agree as touching any one thing that they shall ask, it shall be done for them by my Father which is in heaven. Oh God, This is the only place where one plus one does not equal two, but one plus one equals three. Because two is the the number of agreement and tonight you and I you better watch out devil because tonight you and I are going to come into agreement as we move forward toward the manifestation of our purpose I touch somebody and tell them excuse me but I was born too but 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 whoa 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 you were born to what? You were born to, look at those shirts and shout the next word. You were born to raise, to destroy. <laughs> to this end was I born, and for this purpose came I into the earth. You were born to raise, to annihilate, to destroy. Watch me. To cause to cease to be as though they never existed. You, you were not born to build up, but to break down. You were not born 
to enable, but you were born to annihilate. You were not born to repair. You were born to cause things to become unrecognizable and unable to be repaired. You were born to raise, but why were we born to raise? Why do we raise? We raise to erase even the very memory of the things that kept you in captivity. Touch somebody and tell them I was born to raise. But you were born to raise what? I know you ain't with me yet. I, I said you were born to raise what? You were born to raise. Oh, hell. Maybe it's that. Are you talking about? I've heard Pastor Parsley called a fine brimstone preacher. Maybe he's talking about that lake that burns with fire and brimstone. No, 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 no. I'm not talking about the place of the eternal incarceration of the doomed and damned, hopeless and helpless, lost souls of humanity where your Bible says the smoke of their torment rises up under the nostrils of God forever and ever and the worm dies not and men gnaw their tongues for pain. I'm not talking about that place. Rather, I'm talking about the works of hell. Shout the works of hell. No, the works of hell that have invaded your life, the lives of your family and friends, and the lives of your loved ones. I'm talking specifically tonight about the works of hell that are strangling and suffocating the very life and fiber out of the United States of America. Here's what I came to talk about. I came to talk about raising hell in the heartland. I came to destroy the reality that tonight in America, 2%, everybody say 2%, of the population, say it, 2%, that's two out of every hundred, 2% of the population is displaying homosexual, yeah, go ahead and say it, and lesbian tendencies and depravity at a disturbing pace and demanding did you hear what I said they're doing? They're demanding a redefinition of marriage to include them and say that Daddy Sam and Daddy Steve is equal to a man and a woman in the United States of America. I don't know about you, but I came to raise hell. I can't, I, I don't know. Are you going to help me tonight or not? America, where lonely little leaguers and cheerless cheerleaders and hopeless and helpless housewives agonize under the abandonment and abuse of the men in their lives. But we were born, I can't get it. I said, we were born. The tragedy of terminal disease devours and destroys people's peace and prosperity. But we were born. Divorce deals deadening blows to the happiness and harmony of a healthy home. But we were born to raise hell. I'm going to talk a little bit now. Y'all excuse me. Movie stars and singers and sports figures. 
strut across center stage spawning new ideas of immorality and idolatry, but we were born to raise hell. Media moguls magnify messages, glamorizing and glorifying everything that's unholy, everything that's ungodly, everything that is impure. Everything that is unclean, everything that is unethical, but we were born to raise help. Uh, educators take our tax dollars. I'm, I'm about to preach it here now. Educators take our tax dollars and turn them into treacherous teachings that turn the mind of our children, our young men and women, against the very teachings of their parents, their church, and their God. But we were. Abortion continues to accelerate at an astounding rate to 4,200 victims a day in the United States of America. But we were. Drug addiction damages and demeans the dignity of an entire generation. But we were. Demon possession drags its victims down into the darkened dungeons of the doomed and the damned. But we were. Power-hungry politicians propagate perverted legislation in the name of progress, but we were... I better talk about preachers. Powerless preachers pump the people full of pablum and placating platitudes. But we were born. One out of six children will go to bed hungry tonight in America, but we were... A woman only makes 76% of the wage of her counterpart male, but we were. I wonder if you understand tonight that the gates of hell are teetering and tottering, being torn from their rusty hinges by a remnant of believers who are prevailing in prayer and the proclamation of the Great Commission. And tonight we find our voice, and tonight we fix our gaze, and tonight we firm our foundation, and tonight we follow our commander-in-chief into the smoke-filled corridors of conflict because we were built for the battle. We were created for the conflict. We get off on warfare. And tonight we begin with a praise unto him who's not only called us to war, but has empowered us to win. Because tonight we know we were. Give him three minutes of praise right now. Now praise him till you get mad. I said, praise him till you feel something rising up in you that makes hell nervous. Praise them until they begin to understand there are more of us than there are of them. Praise them until they understand we refuse to be silent one single solitary day more. We were born to raise hell. Do you have your Bible? Do you have your Bible? Okay, let me help you turn to John chapter 3. Uh, there was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, God help, a ruler of the Jews. Uh, not all that come to Jesus Can I can I just slip this in right here? I don't not everybody that comes to Jesus is down and out. Not everybody 
that seeks out Jesus is uneducated. Not everybody that seeks out Jesus doesn't already have a religion. This man was a ruler of the Jews and already steeped in religious tradition and had more than a couple nickels in his pocket to jingle together. And I'm just about ready to tell you, some of you God-haters who think the only people that are in the kingdom of God are a bunch of down-and-outers that can't pay their bills and always sick and just using religion as a crutch. I'm going to tell you tonight, we're going to break the crutch over your back and let you understand we don't have religion. We're in the kingdom right now. I'm just about to preach up in here. Yeah, here, I got that. Come on, sit down. Watch this now. I feel my help come. The... Come on, alone, I'm a voice, but together we're a force. Go to your phone right now and take a stand for moral clarity. Dial that number on your screen right now and let homosexual lobbyists understand that we refuse. We're putting our plate down, pushing our, pushing our plate back and refusing to allow the devil's forces to run roughshod over the kingdom of God. Here, get back in here now, hurry. I gotta hurry. The same came to Jesus by night and said unto him, Rabbi, uh, which we know thou art a teacher. Boy, I love this. For no man can do these miracles that thou doest except God be with him. And Jesus answered and said unto him, Truly I say unto you, watch this now, watch this, watch this. Watch this. Its application can never be exhausted and its consideration is never out of place. Now, now don't, make me, don't, don't make me come down there with you. Because, because what Jesus said here, its application can never be exhausted it's, and, 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 and can never be out of place. It's discussion. Watch this. He said, he said, except a man be born again, he cannot, watch, see the kingdom of God. And Nicodemus saith unto him, how can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter the second time in his mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, truly I say unto you, except a man be born of water and born of the Spirit, he cannot watch into the kingdom of God. That which is born of flesh is flesh. That which is born of spirit is spirit. Marvel not that I said unto you, you must be born again. Slap somebody a high five and tell them he's talking about born again. <laughs> Now, here would be a startling revelation for the TV preachers of America. John chapter 3. Three times Jesus says, you must be born again. During the 80s, there was a renaissance of being born again. And everybody from presidents to the local dog catcher was touting that they were born again. But I'm fearful that what they were talking about was a decision. And what I'm talking about is not a decision. Touch somebody and tell them he's not talking about a decision. Okay, I'm going to slow down right here because you've got to get this. Write this down. A thought conceived is a precept. A precept, watch me, watch me, is an original idea. A precept which then is successfully communicated 
becomes a concept. A concept which is miscommunicated becomes a misconception. Oh God, oh God, somebody, somebody just say, I gotta get pregnant with truth. No, here, you can't, can you hang with me? Can you hang with, watch, watch what he said. Watch, watch. Truth is a precept, meaning it is an original idea. Say truth's an original idea. God chose to use the concept of kingdom. To communicate his precept of truth to the world. Boy, don't miss this. No, no, don't, don't miss this. Because truth is an original idea or concept. Is a, it is a precept. Now, if you miss, if you miss the concept, then you have a wrong precept. Therefore, every conclusion you come to is wrong. It's all right, you, you catch up. If you miss the concept, then you have a wrong precept. And so every conclusion that you come to is wrong. Let me slip this parenthetically in. That's how we now call evil good and good evil. He said you would know after you ate of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, you would know the difference between good and evil. That was the lie of the adversary. He's been telling that lie ever since. And the United States of America has that lie perpetrated on them every single day through the mass media, through preachers, through, ev through education, through everything that they come in contact with. That's the reason you find yourself at odds even within yourself about what you ought to believe. So, to get truth, you've got to get back to the original precept and make it your concept so that thereby you understand the original intention. See, people say, well, why shouldn't homosexuals and lesbians get married? That you ask that question tells me that you have been schooled in a wrong precept. Therefore, you have a wrong concept. Therefore, the conclusions that you draw are wrong and you call lies truth and truth lies. I'm messing you up, right? You just want me to. Say you gotta be born again. That's the central message of Christianity. That the church 
is established, oh God, as what? As a new social order. And defines its message to men and its aggression in the world. You're not supposed to be getting along with this world. You're not supposed to be fitting in. You're supposed to be taking over. You're not supposed to be arguing Democrat, arguing Republican. You're not supposed to be arguing a bunch of concepts that aren't even based on truth. You're not a Republican nor a Democrat. You are a Christocrat. You have been born, shout, I've been born into this kingdom. Sit down now. If you miss the concept of kingdom, then you have a wrong conclusion. And you think you can separate church and state. I'm gonna mess you up. You can't separate church and state cause we is the church and we is in the state. You can't, you can't separate wet from water. Oh, I'm starting a riot tonight. Slap somebody a high five and tell them, for this purpose came I into the earth. I was born for this. God Almighty, slap somebody a high five and tell them, I was born to save babies from the abortuary. I was born to lead homosexuals out of their demonized depravity. I was born come to the kingdom for such a time as this right here. Tell somebody I was born for this. <laughs> see, 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 see. See, you in the kingdom. When I walk into a senator's office, I'm not all hushy. Like I'm supposed to sneak in there. I don't come wearing a bunch of religious badges. I come as an ambassador. Now, don't be talking to me about Democrat and Republican because my kingdom is not of this world. You don't understand what I'm talking. Slap somebody a high five and tell them I'm in a different kingdom now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, God, I got to preach right here. Yeah. Yeah, I got to preach right here. And this ain't no democracy. If I raise your hand, put it down. Raise it again. Put it down. That's the last time you get to vote. This ain't not a democracy. This is a king dominion. See, you in Ohio, but that don't take you out of the nation. I may be in America, but it don't take me out of the king dominion. Okay, wait, okay, wait. Okay, so, 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 say be born again. And Nicodemus said, wait a minute, how, how, how am I gonna be born again? How's this gonna happen? Hmm, everybody just go, hmm. Okay, turn over to John 1. 
And we're about, we're about to answer your question. Because here's what you're asking. How can I become a new creature? Oh, you didn't hear me. How can I become a new species of being that has never existed before? How can we raise up something called the kingdom of God? In other words, a king has a domain. He has an area of territory over which he is the sovereign. What we don't understand is that your Bible says in 1 Peter that you are a holy nation. That you are a, oh God, I can't get, that you are a holy nation. That you are a royal priesthood watch me now you are a peculiar people that you should show forth the praises of him who has called you out of darkness and into his marvelous light slap somebody a high five and say I'm in the kingdom I gotta hurt John 1 John 1, verse 13. And let me give you these. There are three interpolated negatives right here. And, and, and Nicodemus seems to pose a question of impossibility. And so the response, therefore, is three ways that you cannot enter the kingdom. See, some of you in church, but you ain't in the kingdom. Look at you sitting there and looking at me. You, still, you preachers still trying to have a relevant church. A relevant church. What in the name of all that is holy is a relevant church? Besides a church that like Peter warming himself by the fire of the world seeks to blend in with a world that we have been given King dominion over and the apathy of the church must be an astounding thing to God He must shake his head as he watches us run into rooms. We call sanctuary Sanctuaries I sit in the church and I get this feeling of being suffocated. I, I get this feeling of holding out against the forces of darkness, of running in from the darkness to a more lighted place. I, I get this feeling that the forces of darkness are pounding, pounding, pounding upon the walls of the church and we in here trying to hold on till Jesus comes I don't want no relevant church I want a revolutionary church I don't want a church that blends in I want a church that takes over You better watch out because we're in the kingdom now and we're about to move into your school board and we're about to move into your city council and we're about to move. Some of you senators better ready, get ready to leave your office because we're just about to move in because there are more of us than there are of you and somebody is raising up a voice in the wilderness and starting a revolution. History doesn't have to repeat itself. The average age of a nation is 200 years. Yeah, what? The average age of a nation in the history of the world is 200 years. 
Winston Churchill said, this is the only thing we've learned from history, that we do not learn from history. But I can tell you right now, although America is in a moral freefall, although the church is groping in darkness, we're about to see a great light. Something's about to happen. Somebody's about to understand you didn't decide this. You were born into this. Watch it. Okay. Okay, let me tell you how it can happen. Because most of you think you're in the kingdom, and you're really just in the church. You're just in some religious thing. Oh, God. I, somebody help me prophesy. I said, you think you're in the kingdom, but you're not in the kingdom because you're surrounded by the works of hell, and they dominate in your life. They're telling you when you're sick, and when you're well, and when you're happy, and when you're sad, and when you prosper, and when you poor, and when you shout, and when you don't, and when you dance, and when you don't, and what you have to get to the back of the line. I need somebody to stand up and say, my daddy owned the bus line. I'll sit wherever I please. See, you in Ohio, but that don't take you out of the nation. I may be in America, but it don't take me out of the king dominion. Okay, wait, okay, wait. Okay, so, 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 say be born again. And Nicodemus said, wait a minute, how, how, how am I gonna be born again? How's this gonna happen? Hmm. Everybody just go, hmm. Okay, turn over to John 1. And we're about, we're about to answer your question. Because here's what you're asking. How can I become a new creature? Oh, you didn't hear me. How can I become a new species of being that has never existed before? How can we raise up something called the kingdom of God? In other words, a king has a domain. He has an area of territory over which he is the sovereign. What we don't understand is that your Bible says in 1 Peter that you are a holy nation. That you are a, oh God, I can't get, that you are a holy nation. That you are a royal priesthood watch me now you are a peculiar people that you should show forth the praises of him who has called you out of darkness and into his marvelous light slap somebody a high five and say I'm in the kingdom okay, I gotta hurt John 1 John 1, verse 13. And let me give you these. There are three interpolated negatives right here. And, and, and Nicodemus seems to pose a question of impossibility. And so the response, therefore, is three ways that you cannot enter the kingdom. See, some of you in church, but you ain't in the kingdom. Look at you sitting there and looking at me. You, still, you preachers still trying to have a relevant church. A relevant church. What in the name of all that is holy is a relevant church? 
besides a church that like Peter warming himself by the fire of the world seeks to blend in with a world that we have been given king dominion over and the apathy of the church must be an astounding thing to God he must shake his head as he watches us run into rooms we call sanctuary sanctuaries I sit in the church and I get this feeling of being suffocated I get this feeling of holding out against the forces of darkness of running in from the darkness to a more lighted place I, I get this feeling that the forces of darkness are pounding 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 upon the walls of the church and we in here trying to hold on till Jesus comes I don't want no relevant church I want a revolutionary church I don't want a church that blends in I want a church that takes over better watch out because we're in the kingdom now and we're about to move into your school board and we're about to move into your city council and we're about to move some of you senators better ready get ready to leave your office because we're just about to move in because there are more of us than there are of you and somebody's raising up a voice in the wilderness and starting a revolution History doesn't have to repeat itself. The average age of a nation is 200 years. Yeah, what? The average age of a nation in the history of the world is 200 years. Winston Churchill said, this is the only thing we've learned from history, that we do not learn from history. But I can tell you right now, although America is in a moral freefall. Although the church is groping in darkness, we're about to see a great light. Something's about to happen. Somebody's about to understand you didn't decide this, you were born into this. Watch it. Okay. Okay, let me tell you how it can happen. Because most of you think you're in the kingdom and you're really just in the church. You're just in some religious thing. Oh God, I somebody help me prophesy I said you think you in the kingdom but you're not in the kingdom because you're surrounded by the works of hell and they dominate in your life they're telling you when you're sick and when you're well and when you're happy and when you're sad and when you prosper and when you poor and when you shout and when you don't and when you dance and when you don't and what you have to get to the back of the line I need somebody to stand up and say my daddy owned the bus line I'll sit wherever I please shout I'm in the kingdom Sit down now. This, here, watch. Three interpolated negatives. They're right there in your Bible. Not of born. Not of. Maybe if I can show you what you're not born of, you'll find out what you are born of. You are not born of bloods. In other words, you didn't get here by evolution. No, you didn't metamorphosize your way into the kingdom. No, that's not how this new life comes. You, you're not, you don't get it by bloods. You don't, you don't get it. If, if that was the case, Nicodemus would have had it. 
because he was a Hebrew. And he could have said, okay, here's the way I get this. I get this from Abraham, who gave it to Isaac, who gave it to Jacob. And some of you think that's the way you got it. Because daddy had it, and mammy had it, and grandpappy had it, and grandmama had it. But you showing up in church on Sunday morning and can barely stay awake. You are not impacting your community. You are not impacting your family. The glorious light of the gospel is not shining forth from your life. All you're doing is going through the rudiments of religion. Shout, I got to get born. I got to get, I got to Here you go. No, no, no. Say, see, your daddy can't give you this. And you can't give it to your kids. You don't get this by race. I don't care, are you white, black, pokey dotted, or striped? You don't get this because of what race you born into. You don't get this because of who's your daddy. You get this because you are born, watch this, of God. Ah. Here. So you can't, you can't get it by bloods. Watch this. No, you can't get it by the will of the flesh. Is that what it says? You do have a Bible, don't you? You can't get it by the will of the flesh. What does that mean? You can't get it by personal effort. I said, you can't get it by personal effort. In, in other words, you can't push the evil in you down enough to get this. In, in other words, you can't try to imitate the good outside you enough to get this. This thing comes by grace through faith. Do you enter into this kingdom? I got Number three, you don't get it by the will of men. The important, important word here is will. What? Ooh, I'm going to mess you up now. Touch somebody and tell them, here comes freak number one. You don't get this. Hear me now. Hear me. What? You don't get this because huh? you made a decision. I don't know where we get this crazy preaching. I don't know. You don't. You don't. You don't get, here's what your Bible says. No man comes to the Father lest the Spirit draw him. Touch somebody and tell them, you can't get saved whenever you want to. You can't get born whenever you want to. This is, you're, not, you're not born of the will of the flesh. You're not born of the will of men. And you better hear me because your Bible has some very frightening words in it. Your Bible says, shall never be forgiven. Talking about people who have sinned away their day of grace. People that said no when they should have said yes. People that should have gotten right with God and gotten on fire for God and gotten their life straightened up and gotten out of the bar and the honky-tonk and quit listening to the music of the world and get the drugs out of your body and get the alcohol out of your cabinet and quit lusting after somebody else's wife. You should have left that a long time ago. And you think that you can come whenever you want to, but your Bible says, Saul. You ought to read the Bible. Saul is down at the witch of Endor. And he cries out. God has departed. 
and he hears me no more. It's dangerous. It's dangerous. It's dangerous. It's dangerous. But hear me right now. Your Bible says today is the day of salvation. Right now is the appointed time. There are folks sitting in this building thought you were born again, but you weren't. But if you'll throw your hands up right now and say, Jesus, save me. Let me be born into this. He'll do it. I don't have time. I don't have time. So, 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 so shout, I was born. But I told you, I told you, you can't, you can't leave that statement on its own any more than you can breathe in without breathing out. Because you were born too. Not T-O, but two, like that word on your shirt right there. Two. Because your Bible says two is better than one. Here's what I got to let you know right now. Your Bible declares that one can put a thousand to flight, but two can chase 10,000. Your Bible says, whithersoever two or three of you are gathered together in my name, there I am, watch me, watch me, there I am in the midst of you. And because I'm in the midst of you, if any two of you on earth agree as touching anything that they shall ask, it shall be done for them by my Father which is in heaven. Therefore, whatsoever things we bind are bound, and whatsoever things we loose are loosed I got to tell you a thing we is no word for small I feel a revolution coming I feel a revolution coming look at your neighbor and say pick up your weapon pick up your weapon get in your ranks Come on, follow your commander-in-chief. Fall in line. We got somewhere to go. You say, where are we going? It ain't none of your business. You're in the kingdom. Just march. What are we going to say when we get there? It ain't none of your business. He'll tell us when we get there. How am I supposed to do this? Don't worry about it. He'll show you on the way. All he's looking for is somebody to get obedient. Shout, I was born too. Say, I was born to raise. I uh, just touch somebody and tell them I feel I'm getting strong right now. I feel, I feel something. See, see, what's happening right now is, what's happening right now is you realize you're not alone. See, 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 when, when you're alone and hidden out, oh God, help me. When you're, when you're alone and you're hidden out somewhere like, like the prophet of God, Elijah, hiding up there in the mountain. And Bible said, a rushing mighty wind came by. And he said, now you better watch me because the Bible didn't say that. God didn't say that. In fact, your Bible said God is a wind. But when you're hiding out by yourself, you got a wrong concept because you didn't get the original precept. Therefore, your conclusion is wrong. Oh, God, you got to have two before you get the right precept. You got to understand this is not about you. This is about us. This is not about your church. This is about the kingdom. This isn't about your ministry. This is about thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Shout, I was born two. Two. Touch somebody and tell them, I can't get where I'm going without you. 
And Elijah hid out. And God came by and he said, that wasn't God. And don't you know a bunch of Christians like that? God ain't in there. What do you know? You sitting outside the kingdom. You don't know what's going on in the house. But I'm preaching and ain't got nobody shouting. When you're hanging out by yourself, you'll have the wrong conception. Because you've got the wrong perception, you'll make the wrong conclusion. Then an earthquake came. My God, man, Jesus came with an earthquake, got up with an earthquake, and is coming back with an earthquake, and you sitting out there by yourself saying, God ain't in the earthquake. When you're living by yourself, you are vulnerable. Look at this man. If you were in here and I'm the devil and I see you back there on the 42nd row, I can't just pick you off. I got to get through Harold and then I got to get through Pastor Pierman and then I got to get through Pastor Leitner and I got to fight my way through this one and I can get through that one's prayers and then I got to get through that one's confession and then I got to get through that one's faith. Shake somebody's hand and tell them two is no number for small. Okay, I'm going to preach a little bit now. You okay? Are you okay? Because you were born to raise. I don't want to be misunderstood now. I came to make trouble. I didn't come to win friends and influence people. I came to make trouble. I came to let the devil know the kingdom has come. You might just well wake up. The kingdom has come. It ain't coming. It's here. We it. We got no orders to make a truce. We ain't got no orders to negotiate terms. We ain't got no orders to concession. No orders to compromise. We got no orders from heavenly headquarters to dialogue. We got no orders to debate the issue. Somebody said, what do you think about homosexuality? I said, I don't have no thought. Dead men don't think. I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I. I'm in a king's dominion. I say what he says, whether I understand it or not. This is lonely business now. This is lonely business. Samuel stood up in front of the nation and the church, looked them both in the eye and said, you're both wrong. All of Israel from Dan to Beersheba knew that Samuel was an anointed prophet from God because God let none of his words fall to the ground. Samuel, the medium upon which the heart of an infinite God broke into language.
the mouthpiece through which the voice of God was made to be heard. Better watch me. In all of the indignation that was proper to its outrage. Here's what Samuel said. You've allowed what God would not allow. Now you, you allowed what God would not allow. You, you, you have stood unholy before a God who is insulted. You have stood in the holy place with unclean hands. You have become the friend of the world and therefore the enemy of God. Oh, you don't hear a lot of preaching like this, huh? You have stood inside a sanctuary where God has departed and you have entertained yourself and claimed it was him. I'm going to freak you out right now. I'm going to freak you out right now. Shout yes! Here it is. This sums up the whole thing. God did not save you to go to church. There wasn't even no church building in the book of Acts. Wasn't no mailing list. There was a rushing mighty wind. Come on now. And when that rushing mighty wind blew, and I said when that rushing mighty wind blew, they became born too. A divine go entered their soul. A divine passport was issued from heaven. And God said, go into all the world and let my kingdom come. Every place the sole of your foot touches, take that territory for me. Jesus came to rout the enemy. Jesus came to enforce the boundaries of this kingdom. Jesus came to push the forces of darkness back to hell where they came from. And that's what we've been born to do. We've been born to raise hell. Here we go. All right. All right, all right. All right, everybody say, it's a fight. Say, it's a fight. See, you, you were born to cast out devils. You were. You, you were born to take authority over all devils and to cure diseases. Yeah, 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 yeah. You, you, you were born, you were given authority to tread upon serpents, to tread upon scorpions, and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means harm you, because greater is he that is within you, because you're within the kingdom. And when you're in the kingdom, he's in the midst of you. And when two of us agree, he comes down in the midst of us, and anything we bind is bound. Okay? All right, so we're born to raise what? Yeah. What? Yeah. Okay, let me, I mean, can I talk about that a little bit? You, you don't mind, do you? You, you don't mind, because Matthew 8, 6 says, 
my servant lieth at home sick of the palsy. He was in Capernaum. Capernaum is called the exalted place. You know what that centurion was saying? He's laying down in the place he ought to be standing up. And he's sick of the palsy. He's paralyzed. The things he doesn't want his arm to do, it does. And the things he wants his arm to do, he can't make it do. I didn't mean to just describe the body of Christ to you. I didn't mean to tell you that we got spiritual palsy. I didn't mean to tell you that when we want to march on Washington and put our foot down and say the murdering of innocent babies in this country has come to an end today because we declare it and we decree it in the name of the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Oh man, somebody shout right now. Give me 15 minutes. Give me 15 minutes, somebody shout right now. Shout, I was born to raise hell. I was born to raise hell. It is a Marxist idea. It is a Marxist idea that history has to repeat itself. History didn't repeat itself in Nineveh because God raised up a Jonah. History didn't repeat itself in the 16th century because they had to deal with a man named Martin Luther and a man named John Calvin. And I'm here to tell you that America is ready for a great awakening. We're ready to rise up and understand America is that exalted place. We are in an exalted kingdom and we have laid down our last day. Oh God, am I wearing you out? somebody and tell them it can change. Touch somebody and tell them it can change. Touch somebody and tell them it can change. It can change. It can change. Now when you have the wrong precept, then you have the wrong concept. Yes? So in order to have truth, you have to go back to the original intention. Okay. Okay, here we are. So, folks say, well, you know, maybe homosexuals should get married. Well, well now, wait a minute. Because Genesis 2, 7 said that Adam came from God. That God created man of the dust of the ground. And then Genesis 2, 18, men get ready to shout. He said, it's not good that a man should be alone. So he took, what? watch me. So he took a rib out of the man. And the same as the man came out of God, so the woman came out of the man. Oh, you're not with me now. And God said it's not good that the man should be alone. So he took one of his ribs, and with the rib that the Lord God took from Adam and closed up the flesh thereof, he made a woman. Isn't it interesting that he did not take the rib and make the man another man? <laughs> Somebody ought to get on your feet right now. 
and shout like a mighty revival is about to sweep across this nation from north to south and east to west. Somebody shout, we were born to raise hell. Go to your phone right now and dial that number on your screen. We're gonna let homosexual lobbyists know I'm gonna put I'm gonna put a petition in front of your United States senators and tell them we demand that the legislation introduced by Marilyn Musgrave that marriage be defined as the union of one man and one woman shall be the law of this land. So says God. Sit down. The Senate's gonna debate it beginning next week. We're live right now all over America. We're live right now all over America. And there are 100 United States senators sitting somewhere and they watch Breakthrough all the time. And I want you to let them know right now that you demand that they pass an amendment to the Constitution, the Federal Marriage Amendment. Sit down, sit down. I'm here to give you a right concept. I said I'm here to give you a right concept. Don't you know, you've been getting your concept from a liberal media. That's where you've been getting your concept and a backslidden preacher. There was just a caucus of many of the leading African-American preachers in America who just issued a statement, just issued a statement that there should be no amendment to the United States Constitution concerning marriage, that homosexuals should have the right to marry on the basis of civil rights. Oh, wait, wait a minute now, some of you supporting their ministry. Because you think they anointed. Freak number two. Anointing is no qualification for leadership. Never has been, never will be. Anointing minus character equals entertainment. Oh, somebody shout up in this house. I'm preaching in here. Watch this. Watch this. Here's what's happening. Barna just did a research. 14% of our parents said that homosexuality was a viable lifestyle. 14%. 32% of our generation says homosexuality is a viable lifestyle. And 41% of our children say that homosexuality is a viable lifestyle. You know why? Because you sit and watch them, let them watch MTV all day long. And MTV has just announced a 24 hour a day, seven days a week, homosexual channel. Now my question is, what you gonna do for programming 24 hours a day. How many Tony Curtis movies can you show? Listen to me.
look at you. Look at your attitude right now. Your attitude, that attitude you had right there is trained in you by a wrong concept which has been perpetrated on you by a bankrupt educational system, a bankrupt political system, and a bankrupt pulpit. I'm going to preach whether you shout or not. God told me this was a lonely job. Proven, proven statistic. Homosexuals have a higher participation in sadomasochism, bestiality, orgies. They have multiple numbers of sexual partners. They have the largest numbers of deliberately infecting other people in the society with their sicknesses. They make more obscene phone calls. They have a higher rate of criminality. They have a higher rate of shoplifting. They have a higher rate of tax cheating. How come ain't nobody telling you that? Here's all they're showing you. They're always the funny guy. And this is hardly the stuff of queer eye for the straight guy. And by the look of some of y'all, I know where you've been shopping. Every 60 seconds, every 60 seconds, a male homosexual, every 60 seconds, a male homosexual attracts a sexually transmitted disease. Every 60 seconds. You say you don't have any love and compassion. You're a liar. Let me, how, let me tell you how much compassion I have for you. I have the compassion to tell you that the national statistics from the World Health Organization prove that the average life expectancy of a male homosexual is 42 years of age in the United States of America. The average age of the rest of the population, 75. You didn't hear what I said. Look at you. The average age, life expectancy of a lesbian, 45 years of age. The average age of the rest of the population, female, 79 years of age. Don't look up here, look at me. I'm better looking. Come on now, come on now. No, you, you, no, you don't want me to preach like this. You want, you want to come in the camp meeting and I want to come out I'm about to take a nation back. Yes, I am. I'm about to take a nation back or die trying. One percent, everybody say one percent of the homosexual population in the United States of America, one percent of them are over 50 years of age. Look at everybody. This is such a hush. Everybody's like, my God. How many of you didn't know that? Yeah. How many of you didn't know that? That's why we need a center for moral clarity. So you can get on the website and I can tell you. 
That's the reason you need to go to your phone right now and allow me to put a petition in front of your United States Senator and tell 2% of the, 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 the immoral 2% of the population of the United States that claims to be homosexual that we refuse to allow them to reverse 6,000 years of human history and they do not know more they do not know more than every major religion. You want me to, you want, you want me to, well, Brother Rod, you know, after all, they were born that way. They were born that way. Civil rights issue. You ought to be ashamed of yourself. Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. would spin in his grave. A civil rights issue. Wendell, Wendell, when you were born, and the doctor slapped your fine black bottom. Did they ask you, would you like to be black? No, they didn't ask me when I was born if I would like to be white. Homosexuals and lesbians contrary to the propaganda which you have believed, are not born that way. There is not one single solitary shred of scientific or biological data that says that. Don't take my word for it. How about uh, Dr. Judd Marner, the past president of the American Psychological Association? He said, there's not a shred of evidence of that. Dr. Charles W. Sockerides of the Albert Einstein College of Medicine said there is not a shred of evidence. But some of you walk around and say that kind of stuff. It's supposed to be in the kingdom. Let me tell you, let me tell you what the king of the kingdom said. It's an abomination before God and don't let it even be mentioned among you such as, let me tell you what your Bible said. Don't argue it on politics. Don't, don't, don't argue it. Don't, don't argue it uh, on, on biblical terms. Argue it this way. Here's the way the greatest preacher in the world argued it in Romans chapter one. The apostle Paul said, it is against nature. This is for stuff to go in. This is for stuff to go out. It's against nature. Homosexual lobbyists threaten my life day after day after day. And you know what I say? Bring it on, baby. Can't touch this. I'm 
the kingdom. You can't shut me up. I'm in the kingdom. And if you kill me, God will raise up 10 just like me. We're not going to shut up. We're not going to sit down. We're going to stand up and be heard and take America back from morality. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. What do you want me to talk about? You want to talk, you want to talk about abortion? No, you don't want to talk about that. 25 years ago, if you said abortion, the church would scream. Now you say it and half of them have had one. Don't look at me like that. Who are you going to vote for in the coming election? Well, I don't know. You know, the economy is kind of... Really? Really? Well, I'm going to vote with an R because that's what my parents always did. I'm going to vote a D because that's what my parents always did. Don't you vote for anybody because they got an R or a D beside their name. Get on the Center for Moral Clarity website and find out their voting record and find who's supporting them and then you'll know who to support. I'm not going to side with somebody that doesn't know that before we were formed in the womb, God knew us and that conception is the beginning of life and not one second later. You better sit down because I'm... I'm feeling a preach right now, man. Yes, I am. I'm feeling this thing right now. Somebody's got to stand up for innocent little unborn babies that people are fighting on the floor of the Senate to plunge a scissors in the back of their eight-month head and vacuum out their brains. Somebody's got to get a backbone in America and say the kingdom has come. I'm messed up now. Here you go. I hope Barbara Boxer is watching. Senator from California, I hope you're watching, Barbara, because you got a wrong precept, honey. You, let me say it nicely now. You confused. You just confused. Don't look at me funny for the way I talk to senators. Senators have to pay their own bills. Ambassadors, the king, pay their way. I came on business for the king, honey. Let me help you now. Let me help you now. Have I worn you out? Are you lying down in the exalted place? Barbara Boxer, now listen to this, listen to this, listen to this. William Jefferson Clinton vetoed a bill to ban partial birth abortion actually three times. He did one by pocket veto that nobody even tells you about. Three times he signed his name to keep murdering innocent children in the most heinous form of abortion. I don't, even, I don't even understand how a human mind could conceive such a thing. 
to let a baby be partially born. It's called a partial birth abortion. And then a doctor takes that baby's head in his hands and plunges a scissors. I've been there. I've seen it. I'm not talking about what I don't know about. And opens a hole in that baby's skull. And then takes a vacuum and vacuums its little brains and collapses its skull. It takes two and a half days for a partial birth abortion to be performed. And on the floor, God help us. God help us. On the floor of the United States Senate, Barbara Boxer was talking with my good friend Santorum. And he said, ma'am, with all due respect, when do you believe life does begin? In the third month? No. Fourth? No. Fifth? No. Ninth? No. When then? Now, wait a minute. Wait a minute. These are supposedly intelligent individuals. They are debating on the Senate floor of the mightiest nation the world has ever known. Senator Santorum said, when, ma'am, I am confused. When do you believe life begins? Would you like to know her response? I'll tell you on the website, Senator Moore, for moral clarity. I'll tell you right now, though. I'll tell you right now. She said, when you take the baby home from the hospital, when it leaves the hospital, then, it's, then it is a viable life. But you didn't know that, did you? You watching me in California? Here's the, here's the terrible thing. Only one in four evangelical Christians even bothers to vote. That's the reason on August 22nd, I'm leading the way for every church in America to have voter registration in their churches, and we're gonna vote such nonsense right out of office. Shout yes! Let me give you, you know, America, it's, it's a funny place. It, it's the only place where you can marry your stepdaughter. Woody Allen, 67, married his stepdaughter. She's 27. So, so now, let me get it. So now his ex-wife is his mother-in-law. Tell somebody to say, something's wrong. Something's wrong. Somebody said, there's got to be a voice crying in the wilderness, saying, make straight his paths. I, I won't talk to you about judicial tyranny. 
I won't talk to you about how four black robe judges that have never been voted into office continually and consistently subvert the will of the American people and their Congress. I'm here to tell you I'm going to lead the way and there are a whole lot of people that agree with me that want to let you know that you are not going to run this nation from a court bench that you weren't even elected to. I wish, I, wish I, could, I wish I could talk to you about jihad. No, you don't want me to. No, you don't. You don't want me to tell you the truth. Do you? You want to get a right concept? See, because you don't have the right concept because all you watch is CNN. You want me to just a minute? You want me to talk about Muhammad? Want me to tell you how everybody said, Muhammad, a man of peace. Muhammad is a man of peace. Is that right? Is that right? Here's what Muhammad said in the Quran, quote, I will instill terror in the hearts of all unbelievers, and I command ye my followers, smite them above their necks, slay them wherever you catch them. That, that kind of rings all too clear to me. Because maybe you didn't notice on May 8th that Nick Berg, 26 years of age, was put on his knees with a blindfold on. He said, my name is Nick Berg. I am from Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. My father's name is Michael. My brother's name is David. My sister's name is Sarah. And then he was thrust to the floor as men that are ashamed to show their faces. Let me tell you something. I'm not ashamed to show my face. 97% of America is looking at me right now. You coward. Don't let me stand up in here by myself. Shoved to the floor and over his screams broadcast on Al Jazeera around the world. One of our citizens screaming they didn't even have the decency to get a sharp bayonet and literally sawed over his screams his head from his shoulders and then held it up by the hair and shouted to the world Allah be praised remember 9-11 I remember and I'm here to tell you right now that I don't have a heart filled with hate for anybody here's what I want every person in the nation of Islam to know here's what I want every person serving Muhammad to know Jesus Christ loved you so much he gave his life for you 
and he will give you eternal life and you don't have to die yourself to get it. I can't talk. Why should we be there? Let me answer that question for you. So they're not walking Main Street in the city and town you know. Thank God for Tom Ridge. Thank God for the work that the men and women in the national security offices do. Thank God that they avert terrorist attack after terrorist attack after terrorist attack but I'm here to tell you we are the vine and he is the branches and even if you cut us off he'll grow back ten in our place you can't stop the truth it'll resurrect itself and beat the pallbearers back to the house you don't want me to preach Sinon. Shout, I was born to raise hell. Tired of racism. You better look, give me a close-up right now because I won't talk to somebody. I'm tired of Sunday morning being the most racially segregated hour of the week. Pan these cameras around this church building. Pan these cameras around this church building. And every black person hug a white person. And every white person find a person of color to hug. Let me tell you, we're desegregated here because we're not just citizens of the United States of America. We are in his kingdom. Shout, I was born to raise hell. There's a revolution on. There's a revolution on. There's a revolution on. There is a reformation coming to the United States of America. Stay right where you are. Stay right where you are. Everybody stay standing. I'm tired of one out of six of our children in the land of the free and the home of the brave and the wealthiest nation on earth. One out of six children going to bed every night hungry. It was an absolute shame and a mockery before God that a president of the United States would admit to lying about a sexual liaison in the Oval Office of the United States. However, it is equally as tragic that white-collar crime is going on in businesses such as Enron. People are getting multiplied billions of dollars for doing absolutely nothing but cheating and swindling the people of the United States out of their hard-earned money. And I'm here to tell you we're looking for somebody in politics to put an end to one out of six of our children going to bed hungry every night. In the last three months, one million new jobs have been created. Personal income rose 1.4%. Unemployment dropped 5.6%. However, however, 
40% of the homes receiving emergency food have one adult in them working 40 hours a week. There's too much class separation in the land of the free and the home of the brave. And if the church would rise up and do her job, politicians wouldn't have to try to take tax dollars from us to put it through improper legislation to try to fix the problem. I'm here to tell you, God said to you, I give you the power to get wealth so that I may establish my covenant in the earth. I'm just a little bit tired of preachers. Give me that camera back. I'm a little bit tired of preachers trying to show me how much faith they have by how many Rolls Royces they have, by how many suits of clothes they've got. Some of them got enough jewelry on, they look like they got on a Mr. T starter kit trying to show me their faith. Let me see your faith. Go find a hungry family and give them one of your cars. I thought I was in the middle of a revolution. Can I say one more thing? Because I want to say this. Mel Gibson, God bless you, my dear brother. Here's why I want to say this. Here's why I want to say this. Here's why I want to say this. He took his fortune. Y'all act like he took his excess. He took everything he had. See, you don't even, you don't even understand the spiritual implication. This isn't a man with $46 million that had another 46 to back it up. No, no, no. This is the widow with the might. Even though it was 40-some million, it was, it was everything. To tell the story, the old, old story of a bleeding, dying Savior. And so you know what God did? You know what God did? God said in the book of Ecclesiastes, to the man that pleases him, God gives wisdom and happiness. But to the sinner, he gives the task of gathering and storing up wealth so that he can hand it over to the man that pleases God. And so when Mel Gibson gave it all, 40-some-odd million, would you like to know the return? <laughs> 750 million. That's what happens when you give it all. Slap somebody a high five and tell them I'm in the kingdom now and there's about to be a revolution. Hey, thanks for listening to today's episode. If you enjoyed it, I want to invite you to tell someone in your life about the podcast. 
Hope you'll do it today. Head on over to iTunes and leave a review. Share it on your social networks for me. Really helps me get the word out. I'd love for you to connect with me on Facebook, on Twitter, on Instagram. No easier way for me to minister to you every day and throughout the day and for us to join together in faith as God moves in and through your life. You can find links to all my pages at rodparsley.com. God bless you now, and I hope you'll listen again soon.